Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. up it is your boy johnny mags back at you once again for another edition of the all angels podcast i am joined as always with dan garcia and we are back for uh the month of may review uh it uh wasn't a great one uh you know we uh we struggled the angels struggled uh the struggles continued today they had another early game today as they did last thursday against the blue jays they had an early game today against the detroit tigers that we'll get into uh First and foremost, we just want to say thank you guys for listening, those who sent your emails to us last week and who sent them in this week. We'll get to them later in the show. Uh, we will have uh, uh, some news about our uh, tailgate this Saturday, but we'll get into that later. We're actually here at Halo Haven headquarters. The curator is here in attendance, Chris, the curator Johnson. So for those of you who were asking, he's here. Uh, but let's get into it, man. Let's jump into the weekend review. Uh it started with the Angels playing the Yankees in New York. It started on Friday, uh, the 25th. The Angels went ahead and dropped that one to the Yankees 2-1. to one. The offense struggled a little bit, obviously, only scoring one run. Heaney p- pitched okay. He pitched six and a third, giving up four hits, one run, three walks on five strikeouts. But the Angels' offense only scored one run with six hits. Daniel? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the theme you'll notice throughout the month is just the offense has struggled. Um, you know, they peak at times during some games, and then it seems like in the very next game, they just used all their hits up in the game before. Um, but probably one of the most inconsistent parts of the team right now is probably the offense. Absolutely, dude. Like, like it's a, it's a two-to-one game. This one was a two-to-one game. Uh, Servino pitched six innings for the Yankees. He pitched well, I mean, well enough to shut us down. But the next day, the 26th, the Angels blew out the Yankees 11-to-4. So there you go. We yeah. went from scoring one run to scoring 11. Yeah, kind of like what I just said. They had times where they showed the offensive power that they're capable of, um, you know, with, with people like Trout and Upton and Simmons in the lineup. Um, it's definitely possible, but it just a consistently has consistency has not been there all season long. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, we started off so hot in, in, in April and then kind of tilled off there at the end. And then it kind of just, I don't know, May kind of just drug on. But, you know, luckily it's May. That's one of the good things. But 
on the game on Saturday, it was a day that we were in line for uh, Mike Trout bobbleheads. Yes. Right? And so the uh, the game started off. The Angels jumped out early. And then the Yankees on their bottom half, bottom half of the first inning, back-to-back home runs by Gardner and Judge. And, and then we kind of thought, oh, man, here we go. Yeah, it's going to be one of those games again. And But the standout of this game was Mike Trout going five for five. How ridiculous of a game did he have, Daniel? No, it was definitely – and the first time – I didn't expect it, but the first time he's ever gone five for five in a game, um, which is just another thing he adds to his already impressive resume. So, yeah, it was great to see him. I mean, he's already was kind of on fire as it was, but – for the most part, carried the team in that game. Yeah, the Angels scored 11 runs on 11 hits, capped off by the 5-for-5 five five night by Mike Trout, man. He had a home run, and I think four of his hits were extra base hits. The yep, last uh-huh. hit was an infield single. Yeah, most total bases of his career. Uh, Berea pitched in that game. He pitched five innings. You would like to have seen him go a little deeper, but you know what? Uh, he's a young guy who's going to learn how to mature. He's going to throw a lot of pitches, and he's a guy that can throw a lot of pitches right now, so... You know, five innings pitch, six hits, four runs, one one walk, which is good. He only struck out four. But, you know, he held down that Yankees lineup enough to, for the Angels to kind of score some runs for him. And that's what you want. You want, you want to be able to kind of hold them down, um, those two home runs early, and then gave up two more runs later, but that was it. Uh, so a win there. But then after scoring 11 runs, the Angels lose on Sunday, only scoring one run. Right. Garrett Richards is a story here. Only going two and a third, three hits, three runs. Here's the thing that stood out. Five walks. Yes. Pitch count gets up really quickly when you do that. And uh, we've said it all year long. I think Garrett Richards, I feel like once he falls behind an account, he kind of loses his trust in his stuff. Then he'll lose a batter. And then the next batter he'll walk. And he's just kind of a mental thing that, I don't know, you would think by now he'd mature with that, you know. But right. it's the same thing over and over. Uh, five walks is ridiculous. That that just can't happen. Uh, Tanaka for the Yankees pitched six innings, only gave up a run. No offense in this game. Yeah, I mean, you look at the whole series with the Yankees as a whole, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Angels only gave up, I'm looking at it right now, they only gave up uh, nine total runs in three games, which usually is enough to win, you know, at least two of those games, if not all three. Um you know, the, the run differential was totally in the Angels' way, especially with the 11 runs on Saturday. But the fact that, you know, um, the offense can't seem to produce on a consistent basis hurts. And then you have another thing where Richards goes out super early, like you said, two and a, two and a third. The bullpen comes in, and the bullpen, you know, I think, and we'll probably get to that more as we review the month, but I think they are just getting worn out right now because if you add up the – Saturday and Sunday game, they pitched a combined nine and two-thirds innings with zero runs given up. And, I mean, for that to be kind of almost an everyday event, it's, it's, it's wearing out. You can tell it's wearing out the Angels, and it's wearing out uh, the bullpen. Yeah, it's one of those deals where, you know, we seem to kind of and, – and, you know, after last night's offside, you, you can blame me for this, but we jump on a certain guy here and there. The guy being Cameron Rosian on my end. But uh, guys seem to jump or, – or fans seem to jump on the bullpen for, like, blowing the game and blowing this. But what a lot of people seem to forget is that the They're bullpen – They're out there all the yeah, time. All they the time. They came in two days before they had to pitch four innings. Or the day before they had to pitch three innings. And Sosha has to bring in a guy like Cam because he pitched Noe and Jim Johnson well, the night before. Well, you know, stuff like that, that. That's the thing, though, too. If you look at, like, a Noe and, and a um, – uh, Justin Anderson, these guys are young arms. I mean, no way before this season, I think his his career high was something around like 50 innings pitched or total 50, 50 innings pitched in his career. 
Um, he's getting used a lot more now than he's ever been. Same thing with Anderson. He just got brought up. So, obviously, he's getting more innings now than he ever has before. Um, it's, ju- it's just one of those things where the way the starting pitching is going, yeah, they can throw out a gem out there every once in a while. Um, but you need more out of them in a consistent basis, more than five innings, sometimes even more than six innings, just because the bullpen usage is so high right now. You would hope, man, that a, like a guy like Garrett Richards would give you at least six innings. You know, this is the quote-unquote age of the staff, and we could count on one hand how many times he's given us more than six innings this season. And yeah, that's, definitely. that's not something you need you want from an ace or something – that's something you need from an ace. You need six innings plus. You need quality starts. Um, and to me, a quality start is six innings and less than three runs. Right, exactly. So, you know. Anyway, so the Angels drop that series against the Yankees, and then they head on over to Detroit for a game on Memorial Day. And this game was, uh, it kind of just, I don't know. Uh, Angels lost 9-3. to three. Uh, Skaggs had that one rough inning. He gave uh, five innings again, six hits, five runs, five Ks. Um, they fell behind early. It was the third inning when the uh, Tigers hit that grand slam, and it was a 5 nothing lead. And before you knew it, it just kind of, Pretty Snowball. much over, right? Yeah. Um, the offense, again, just couldn't score runs. Yeah. I mean, you had uh, Skaggs go five innings, five runs. Um, you know, but at that point, they, the bullpen's been so worn out, they put kind of the end of the end of the bullpen yeah, guys Morris in. Morris was in. Morris and um, – yeah, Morris, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, he's not going to be one of your guys that you look forward to go out there and, and shut an inning down. He's more of a guy that's, hey, we need two innings, and whatever happens, happens, but we need you to eat up these innings. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah. Um, you know, it, again, it kind of comes down to offensive production and putting themselves in a situation late to where they can win. I mean, everyone loves a comeback, but when you're consistently coming back four or five runs, um, that's not something that's sustainable. It's something that's going to eventually wear out. Yeah, no, you can't fall behind early like that. You know, you fall behind 5 nothing after three innings, and you're like, man, here we go, you know. And it seems like it's been happening a lot lately, and it's – it's got to work, take its toll on it. On an offense, it's been so inconsistent. You can't expect the inconsistent offense to come back all the time, you know. Um, and we'll talk about why we think the, the offense has been in so, so inconsistent right now. When we're done with this week in review, we'll get into the month. Um, so, yeah, the Angels uh, fall 9-3. to three. But then the next day, the Angels offense show, decided to show up. Uh, they win 9-2. to Tropiano goes 5-3. and a third. I'd like to have seen him throw a little more, but – it is what it is. Five and a third, seven hits, two runs. He didn't walk anybody. He struck out five. Uh, story of this game is Valbuena had three hits. He had two home runs in the game. Kinsler had three hits plus a home run. Um, the offense showed up, and that's what happens when you – that's how you're going to win a game. You know, the offense showed up today or that day on Tuesday and, um, you know, had a bunch of guys who had multiple hits, including uh, Martin Maldonado. Right, and a lot of times if, if this team is going to succeed – um, long term in the season, it's gonna come. I mean, Trout's gonna be Trout no matter what, um, but it's gonna come down to those back of the lineup guys, those Valbuenas, those Maldonados. Um, you know, Kensler if he gets started, he get he got a, a handful of hits today. But if the Angels are seriously gonna be considered a contender or even someone that um, is gonna have a good offense, the, the back of the lineup has to produce. They can't expect trout to kind of carry the load offensively and expect him to do it day in and day out it's just not going to happen yeah and then when you you know you have to have that consistency through the lineup i mean you look at teams that you know the the houston astros last year you had one through nine every one of those guys can pick up anybody you know spring or correa reddick from time to time bregman um the angels just right now don't have that and we'll we'll get in i will get into what we think 
the lineup looks like and what they're doing for the month. Um, so the Angels went on Tuesday, but then on Wednesday, the offense didn't show up again. After scoring nine runs on Tuesday, on Wednesday, they're only able to score one. Otani pitched pretty good. He pitched five innings, three hits, three walks, five strikeouts. Rain delayed two times. Yeah, I think that's the thing. He probably yeah. he could have easily gotten at least one more inning, I believe, because I think his his pitch count wasn't wasn't super high. But again, with the rain delay, I think they would have timed out. It would have been like forty five minutes or something like that. Yeah, him just sitting around not doing anything, and they didn't want to risk um, anything happening or anything getting you know tweaked or whatever. So they pulled him out um, right after the rain delay. Yeah, rain delayed twice, so that kind of did him in, and that that does something to. The whole team in general, because you're kind of just sitting around waiting to see what yeah. happens. Ask the cold. Cleveland Indians about that. Yeah, right. In the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Um, but you know, the Angels. It was a. Was it a tie game going into? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was one one. One one, and then uh, Cam Bedrosian came in, pitched one third of an inning, gave up two hits, four runs, a walk. Um, but again, I mean, you can blame Bedrosian all you want, but the offense only scored one run. Right. I mean. So. It didn't matter yeah. if he only gave one run. If it was ended a two one game, it still would have been the same situation. Yeah. Again, offensively, just them struggling to produce runs when it's not Trout or you know Upton doing anything. It, the rest of the team is just whether it's you know Kinsler Simmons is doing great. He's more of an on base guy, but if no one behind him is is um, pushing him in, then there's nothing he can do about it. Because if you look at Simmons' batting average. His batting average is up there just with Trout. He's actually better than Trout's, but a lot better, yeah. Yeah, but again, he's not uh, he's not going to be a home run guy, um, so he can't pretty much knock himself in. So he more so than I think anybody on that team is dependent on people behind him getting him in. And so if he's not getting in, or if he's not getting hits behind him, he's he's you know on second base stranded when the third out happens. And so um, again, going to the back of the lineup is going to be the Maldonados, the Valbuenas, the Martes, the Calhouns, they're going to have to step up their play if this offense or this team has any kind of hope for a wild card spot um, later in the year. Yeah, so no offense on Wednesday, and it continued on to Thursday. It was an early game, like I had mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, the Angels played around 10 in the morning. Andrew Heaney gave up a, or pitched five innings, eight hits, five runs, five run first inning. The Angels fell behind early on again, and uh, the offense is just non-existent. It couldn't push runs across. Yeah, same, same, same thing. I mean – you don't like to see the five and one in one inning, but he settled down and that's all he gave up. And uh, with five, in five innings pitched, the bullpen came in and obviously pitched the rest of the game, only give one inning or one run. So again, you know, the bullpen comes in, does does a decent job. I mean, giving up one run um, when you're put in a hole like that is not a bad not a bad job. But again, the offense just struggles to maintain some kind of consistency uh, day in and day out to. Um, help this team win a couple games all right so that wrapped it up for the weekend review the angels just not the best week ever <laughs> no uh two and five two and five on the week not gonna get it done um again they just gotta find some consistency we sound like a broken record but that's honestly the only answer that i mean i can honestly give you know my only opinion is get consistent so let's get into the month of review now then let's just get into it um the angels finished the month as far as my cal my calculations 14 and 15. Yep, one right? game below 500. So we were talking early in the season that if we can finish above 500 at, or at 500 every month, we're in good shape. But this month, 14 and 15, they kind of fell behind. They lost these last three games to the uh, Tigers here. They kind of put us in the hole right. there. Uh, so they finished the month at 14 and 15, currently 30 and 27. Uh, you know, after two months of baseball, 
were three games above 500. Right. Did and you then, did you kind of expect that or did you? Expect yeah, better? I expected that. I mean, I I I nowhere near thought they would be, you know, 10, 15 games above 500 because I just I don't think that's the team that is out there that they have. Um, you look in the past, you know, last year they're exactly 500. This time last year at the end of May, the year before that, 2016, they were 24, 28, um, and even so, the years where they win. They won 96 wins, or they got 96 wins in 2014. They were only five games above 500. So it's not like um, they can't go on some kind of streak. It's early, you know, Memorial Day. You do kind of have an idea of what your team is at that time. But, you know, what we what we know is that there's potential there. What we also know is that it can come and go um, just as quickly. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season kind of plays out if they keep this up and down kind of pace. Yeah, I well, it's early, like you said, and usually b- teams make their runs after the All Star break. So that's something that we kind of could say, hey, we're not even at the All Star break yet. Let's see, let's see what where we're at after that, where they make that 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 push. Uh, you just want to sustain that above five hundred, three, four, five games above five hundred, and then hopefully catch catch fire or start playing well. Or, you know, before the trade de- trade deadline, if they pick somebody up or they make a few moves here and there, you just never know what can happen. Um, but that's that's something that you can uh, you kind of just have to wait on. Um, 30 and 27 is not bad. We're at least we're above 500. We're not right. below 500. And, you know, five games back of the West. We're not going to win the Western division. Let's no, be honest, that, folks. That team in Houston is really good. I mean, their pitching staff. And like I like to, I was thinking about it today, you know, if you take Trout off of this team, what is this team? This team is average to below average at best. If you take Trout off the team, if you take who's their best player? If you want to take Verlander, if you want to take Verlander, take them off. What's the Astros? They're still winning the West because that's what happened last yeah. year. If you take off Correa or even take off Altuve, what's going to happen? They're still probably going to win the West. They have a lot of depth up and down the the lineup. Angels, not so much. You take Trout out, that is just going to totally uh, tear your team apart. So um, the Angels are okay. They're not great. They're about 500, maybe five or six games above 500. But, you know, they're going to have to put something together quick um, to not get out of that wild last wild card spot. Yeah. They're, uh, that 13-3 and three start that we jumped out to, was this a little too much? It was um, a mirage more than it was. Yeah, I mean, else. you got to remember the teams we were playing as well. But now it's, it seems like they kind of came back to earth because we were losing. We're not then we were beating teams we were supposed to, but now we should have beaten the the Tigers and we lost three the series three games to one. Um, the Rays was another team we should have beaten and we didn't. Uh, so now it's just kind of like okay, they just need to find their groove. I get it. Um, it's just frustrating to watch this team lose games. But they should be winning, you know. Uh, Yankees, Red, Red Sox, those teams you you kind of take and you say, yeah, they're going to lose. Uh, but when you talk about, you know, teams like the Tigers and the Rays, those teams you should be winning the series against. And those games are the ones that are going to hurt us later in the year. Yeah, just and just to kind of put in perspective, the Angels coming into today, so I, I haven't calculated today's game, but the Angels had a run differential of plus 27. So that's 10th in all of Major League Baseball, which is good. I mean – you look at it this way: ten teams make the playoffs, five from each division. So, um, so that's—I mean, that's—that's that's good. That's definitely better than most. 
the Astros lead Major League Baseball in run differential, and their run differential is 123 runs. Ridiculous. Plus, so, the, so the gap between 10th place and 1st place in Major League Baseball is almost 100 runs difference. That's insane. When you when you send us that, that text, where I, I kind of took me back, and I went, wow, that, that says a lot about the uh, the teams there, you know, the difference of both teams. Right. It, it's – I mean, even the next closest team run differential-wise is the the uh, Red Sox, and they're plus 89. So still um, a good amount ahead of, of the second-place team. So um, for people that had expectations of winning the West because of the moves, I think that those were very misplaced. And even on this podcast, I wasn't sure if they were even going to win the second playoff spot. I mean, I had to kind of really think, convince myself to take that, but – um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a long season for the Angels and, and, and for people that think they're going to wake up and, and pull out a 100-win season, it's, it's probably not going to happen. And so you're just going to have to deal with what you have in front of you. Yep. So aside from the team, individual-wise, the, the person to me that stands out, and I'm not going to say Trout because it is Trout, but Simba, uh, he's batting three thirty seven with four home runs and 32 RBIs. Yep. Uh, better average than Trout. The home run numbers aren't there because he's not a home run guy, but the right. RBIs are close. Yeah. 36 to 32. Mike Trout has 36 RBIs. Simba has 32. Yeah, um, and actually in the month, just in the month of May, um, he's batting 352, one home run and 17 RBIs, and, and Trout has 17 RBIs too. So um, his on-base percentage is really good. It's 413, so he's getting on base one way or the other, whether it's through a hit or, or walking or anything like that. But, yeah, Simmons is really – is like I said, he's a really approved player from – I would say two years ago, last year he took a big step forward, and then this year kind of shows that it wasn't a one-year kind of deal, that whatever uh, changes he made offensively are, are here to stick, and, and, and he's able to repeat them over and over again. But, yeah, he's having a really good May. Again, Trout's having a really, had a really good May. He batted 315, eight home runs, 17 RBIs. But when I was looking at his numbers, the, I guess the number – that really stood out to me. He got walked 30 times this month for his on-base on percentage was like 458. So when he, when you're on base almost half the time, um, one way or the other, it, you're having a really productive month. Yeah, he. it seems like he gets two to three walks a game, right. you know. And, you know, you would hope that with that many walks, the Angels would be able to score runs. A guy like Upton behind him, Pujols behind him, could drive him in. But it just hasn't been happening on a consistent basis. Uh Upton was hot for a while there, then got hit in the hand, and then he's just kind of slowed down. Right. So you just hope that that with him getting on base, Angels will score more runs. Um, but that's something that moving forward they have to kind of, you know, take advantage of the guys on base that get on base and take advantage of Trout uh, getting on base so much. Score them in. Yeah, Trout and Simmons are, are your main on base guys, and if anybody else on the team can produce some kind of even not even the long ball, but just any kind of hit would would help. Um, tremendously at this point. So that's offensive-wise. On the pitching side, I mean, the one guy that stands out is Otani, obviously. Right. Four and one. There's been a few games where the bullpen didn't, couldn't hold the lead and the Angels didn't score enough runs, but he should probably be about six and one at, at this point, maybe seven and one. But yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. For the month, he's 2-0, 2.16 ERA. ERA. Um, opponents batting average, which was really interesting, is they're batting um, below 200. They're at 196. So, again, you love it when he's out there pitching. Besides this last um, game yesterday with the rain delay, he probably could have got more innings. And who knows how that game, you know, progresses if 
he goes six or he maybe he goes six and two thirds innings or whatever. Um, it could be a totally different ball game, but but what he's done so far this month has been really really good and and offensively he's he's taken a little step back, but again he's doing a lot more than I think people ever really thought he would be capable of doing, not only pitching, but also offensively. Yeah, and he's a story of the Angels aside from Mike Trout and, and Simba. He's he's a guy that kind of draws the outside attention from everybody else, and hopefully that draws attention to Simba and what he's doing for the Angels. Everybody knows what Mike Trout does. There's no question he's the best player in the game, but there's a guy that plays shortstop for the Angels that's pretty amazing, and Shohei Otani, what he's doing on both sides uh, is nothing short of like amazing that that it's ridiculous when you really think about what he's doing uh he's a great hitter and a great pitcher and that just does not happen right absolutely okay so i broke down the series wins uh the angels uh were they had see one two three four five six seven they played nine series in this month they went three and four with two ties uh they took a series from the orioles which they should have uh, they took a series from the Mariners, which was a, a early on in the, in the month, but it's a, a pretty tough team. And they took the series against the Jays. They lost against Houston, New York, Tampa, and Detroit, and then they tied with the Twins and the Rockies. Um, I mentioned earlier in, in podcasts before that, you know, you look, you going into a series, you look to win the series. Take two out of three, take three out of four. That's really how you're going to move forward, you know, not not so much saying, you know, uh, we need to win uh, this many games in a month. You go game by game and say we got to take this series. And the Angels, uh, three and four uh, with two ties, um, partly due to offensive struggles. You know, right. that's that's pretty much it. Uh, when the pitching gives you a quality start, they just could not score runs. There's, there was a few games that I can probably count in my head where Skaggs pitched well, Tropiano pitched well, uh, even Richards pitched well, and then just they couldn't score runs. Yeah, I mean the Angels' ER, team ERA was fifth in the American yeah. League. Um, in the month of May. So again, the pitching has has been there more consistently than it was in the beginning of the of the year. But it almost seems if if one side of the ball is struggling, the other side um, tries to pick it up, but doesn't seem to have enough in it to 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 carry them into more uh, wins. Right, right. So unless you have anything else to wrap up the month of May, that's pretty much it on my end. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, the month of May, you kind of have an idea of what this team is. It's nowhere near out of the wild card race, and I think realistically that's where everyone should be looking to get. That's where their expectations should be, that second wild card spot. Cause, and we've talked about it before. It, it seems like there's you know, three good teams in the AL, three bad teams in the AL, and then everyone else is in the middle. I mean, and those three good teams are, are we said it, Houston, New York, and Boston. You know, so – um, those guys are going to get, you know, division, division, and won the wild card spots easily unless some dramatic traumatic uh, injury happens to one of them. But the Angels should realistically be looking for that second wild card spot. And right now the Seattle Mariners are ahead of them. Don't think they can sustain what they're doing right now because of the injuries to both um, D. Gordon and also to Robbie Cano. So we'll see how that goes. But the month of May wasn't great. Um but again, kind of like what you said, they're still above 500, and that's what you can really hope for. Could have been a lot worse, guys. So let's just keep our fingers crossed for a better June, heading into the All-Star break, and then we'll really see what this team is made of. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors. and f- uh, From the break, we're going to go directly into an interview that we had with Angel's top, one of the Angel's top prospects, the number four prospect in the organization, Brandon Marsh. He recently got called up to class advanced state in an empire, good friends of ours. We, uh, Daniel and myself, were able to go out there 
secure the interview with Brandon Marsh. Great guy. You'll hear it in the interview that we had. And then once we get back from there, we'll uh, go into a poll questions and, and kind of just touch base on a few things. But our word from our sponsors and then the Brandon Marsh interview. You stay tuned. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. All right, this is Johnny Maggs from the All Angels Podcast, and we're here with Brandon Marsh of the Atlanta Empire 66ers, uh, top prospect for the Angels. Brandon, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Cool, man. So, uh, promotion to the IE, how do you feel being called up to advance day so early in the season? Um, It's... It's a blessing, man. It's uh, definitely didn't expect it this early, right. but uh, no Burlington. It was it was fun. It was a really good group of guys, and uh, everything just we clicked well with each other. So we fit off we fit off each other pretty That's well. And it was fun. A good group of guys over there, man. You guys had a Tory Hunter Jr. Uh, uh, Joe Adele was up there or down there with you. Now he came up with you. So yeah, well, well deserved for Joe as well. But yeah, no, our outfield we. I mean, we played together for the past year, right on. year and a half. So uh, we we knew each other pretty well. We had a really, we, we're just we played really well together. Yeah, better better guys than players. So, right. You know, cool. it's it's like that. That's always that's always a blessing. Um, one other question I had for you too is the adjustment from Burlington to the IE. Is there an adjustment, or do things just stay the same for you? Um, think things stay the same. Okay. Pitching gets a little better, right. as you, as you know, as everyone yeah. knows, but. You don't change what you do depending right. on what they got. You you hit what you hit and you don't hit what you don't hit. You got know, it. so you stick you stick within yourself. Don't try to be a hero. Right. And uh, just just be you. Cool. Yeah, it comes down to it. Yeah, um, you know the draft is about a week away. Can you take me back to when you got the call and you officially got drafted by the Angels? Yeah, it was it was uh, well going into my senior year wasn't expecting to play professional baseball at all. I was, I was planning on going to Kennesaw State to play okay. three or four years there, however many I needed to play. But um, it was uh, it was shocking, uh, and it was it was just eye opening. So like I can actually do this, you know. It was <laughs> it was funny. Me and my family laugh laugh about it. Like not, now we do, but it was uh, it was a great time. We had some people over at the house just in case it did happen. And ended up working out. The cards fell in the right way, and uh, I, I haven't turned back since. It's been it's been a great time. 
So you being from Georgia, Jemai also from Georgia, did you guys uh, ever cross paths in the in the amateur ranks, whether high school or travel ball or anything like that? It's funny, funny you say that. Me and Jam, we've uh, we've we've been playing against each other since we were twelve. Wow. So it's okay. uh, so awesome. me me and Jemai, we go way back, and uh, yeah, we've known each other not not as not on the level that we know each other now, but we've you always knew that name kind of. Yeah, we've always been enemies. We see each other, <laughs> dab each other up, say what's up, and uh, but now it's 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 all it's he's family. So right. what about Connor Justice? Because I know he's from. Georgia too. CGA, he's a Cartersville guy. Yeah. Uh, never got to play against him. He's okay. been he's older than he's yeah, a few a years, years older. older right? yeah. So he's a well, great ball player as well. Yeah. He's what is double A right now? Yeah, he was here uh, last year. We interviewed him too. Yeah, so no, we've interviewed all the Georgia boys. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, even a better guy, like I said cool. about Joe and Tori and Jam. But no, he's just an all-around guy, all-around player, and uh, we're just we're all happy to be together with the Angels. So right it's, it's fun just going up with each other. Right. Great. Personal question. It's not not too personal, but our we know we have a we run a fan a fan page called Halo Haven, okay. and you know the All Angels podcast. So the, we want our listeners to know a little more about you guys yeah. so fun little questions video games or books video games 100 percent. okay i think i know the answer to this but i'm gonna ask it anyways uh cod or fortnite fortnite yeah I, I i think i saw that a couple times like yeah i've seen that quite a bit fortnite 100 every day all day okay rap rock or country i'm a big hip-hop guy okay so what kind of what kind of what are you into um <laughs> um don't tell like, me uh, Gucci Gang stuff. No, 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 no. But okay. uh, I'm a big uh, Future. Uh, okay. Future, uh, a little Wayne, of course. He's All right. A, he's a guy, bro. Okay. But um, no, but the kicker, uh, Louis Vert. Okay. Okay. I know. Big Louis yeah, Vert okay. guy. Okay. <laughs> tacos or pizza? I don't like pizza, so I got to go to tacos. tacos? Yeah. You, I mean, you've only been here so far in the uh, IE short period of time. Have you had any tacos here? Yet? I have not. Okay. I haven't good. really been out yet. So. All right. The tacos here are a little bit better in SoCal. Okay. <laughs> Last one. Steph or LeBron? LeBron. LeBron? LeBron. Okay. He's... He's a king, man. Right on. Any, <laughs> any last question? No, you did it all for us, man. That's awesome. But um, thank you again for taking your time out and uh, talking with us no, for a little thank bit, man. Thank you for having me, guys. All right, thank you. All right, that was our interview with Angels prospect Brandon Morris. You can currently catch him in the Inland Empire 66ers at San Manuel Stadium in San Bernardino. Uh, great stadium, great people. The atmosphere is awesome. I love going there. Can't say anything but good things about the Inland Empire 66ers and their staff. It, goes, it starts from Joe Hudson, the general manager, all the way down to everybody, the ushers, the concession people, everybody that, that works are very nice. Uh, love going there. Steve went. Big shout out to Steve who hooked us up. Uh, Steve hooked us up, right, Daniel? Yeah, definitely. He uh, Anything we needed, he was the guy to talk to, whether it was an interview with, with Brandon right here or another interview we did that we'll hear down the line with uh, the number one prospect, Joe Adele. Um, that'll be coming to you probably next week. Um, he hooked it up. He was like, yeah, no problem. I'll tell them, and they'll come right back out here. And, and they did, and they made the the atmosphere and, and everything very easy and very fun for us to be out there and watch a game. Okay, so heading in, here it is. Poll question, Daniel. I, I like this one a lot. Okay, so uh, for people that don't know, follow us on Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. It's Halo underscore Haven. Every Monday – ish i'll uh post a poll question again it could be about um angels uh season what's going on so far it could be something outside this season last week i think it was the team name so um this week as a lot of people should know that the right field wall um line was lowered to just below what was the old out-of-town scoreboard and there was a lot of debate whether or not um that was a good move for the angels and whether or not um the which 
Angel, what team would would uh, benefit from it? But um, so this year's or this week's poll question was, um, you know, after two two months, do you still think it was a good idea? Yes or no? And for me, I voted no, but the majority voted yes. With fifty eight percent said yes, it was still a good idea, and forty eight percent said a uh, forty two sorry said no, it wasn't a good idea. I went with no. I did too. Yeah. Because I don't know how that's a good idea. Yeah, and I actually have numbers. I've been keeping track of, um, again, home runs that just hit that wall. So if it clears the fence like the old home runs, I don't even worry about it. But just walls that um, just hit that out-of-town scoreboard area. Um, so far, the opposing team has five home runs with ten with five home runs with ten runs um, coming from it, and the the Angels only hit three home runs with six runs coming from it. So obviously it's not working in the Angels' favor as of right now. And then with our quote-unquote bad pitching staff, right. I say that very sarcastically. And, you know, and I was thinking about know? it too. I don't know what um, – I don't know the idea of why they did it, but a lot of people said, oh, that helped our left-handed hitters pull the ball better like a Cole Calhoun, like a Valpo. Well, I ain't really helping Cole Calhoun. And that's, and that's where I'm getting at. That's why I'm starting to think. Do you think it is a possibility that maybe it got into his head a little bit beginning of the year thinking, I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull because now I have the short fence. And now it's kind of one of those things where it's so far gone that he tried to do this thing with his swing at the beginning of the year, and now he's trying to get back to what he originally was trying to or was originally doing maybe like last couple of years, And but it's hard to make that kind of adjustment in the middle of a season. I, I don't know if that contributes to it. I mean, it could. Everybody was saying, oh, it's because they signed Otani, and half of Otani's home runs go to left to center field. Yeah, left center and, center, yeah. And Valbuena's hit most of his home runs on the road, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter. matter. Yeah. Um, but, no, Calhoun, um, maybe. Maybe he's getting pull ha- got pull happy and uh, – it's just a, to him, with me just being a playing baseball throughout my whole life, playing in college and being a coach, high school coach. I always would tell the kids, if you're a left-handed batter, your approach should be left center field. I don't know, I don't know about you, Chris, but my approach was always left center field, left center field if you're a left-handed batter, right center field if you're a right-handed batter. That should be your approach. A home run or anything you pull just happens because you just happen to pull one or, or you get lucky and you, you put good wood on the bat or whatever. Uh, with Cole, it's just, yeah, he's pull happy. He needs to let the ball travel a little more, go the opposite field. Um, but, yeah, that wall probably didn't help him because it looks like I can easily get a fly yeah, ball. it's almost like if you hit there. it in the air, it's going to travel enough to where it's going to be a home run. Yeah. Where before, you know, you actually had to get legit wood onto the ball for it to travel over that, that tall the tall wall. But yeah. I was just thinking about it today. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, if it's it in his head, be. and maybe now he's trying to get back right, but it's kind of too far yeah. too far gone. I wouldn't say it's 100% that, but it, it could definitely have, uh, you know, some, you know, why it's happening. It could, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. But he just continues to struggle, and hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll help. Well, the one other thing about the wall out there is, as a fan at the stadium, I get nervous whenever there's just a random oh, yeah. fly ball hits the right field. Yeah, whether or not it's the Angels or, or the visiting team, whenever yeah. there's a ball in the air go heading that direction, now it's – before you'd be like, okay, well, if it hits off the wall, it's probably going to be a double, and if it's a speedy dude, it's a triple. But yeah. now it's like if it's up in the air, it's very easily could be – And know, a even run. a hard line drive off that wall back in the day would be a single. Now it's a home run. Right, because you get a, you yeah. get a good play off the wall, and it, and it comes straight to you, and yeah. then – Especially Boom. with someone like Calhoun's yeah, arm, and right they're not, they're not going to tr- test it. But now anything that's any kind of elevated has the opportunity to be uh, a home run. Launch angle, folks. Launch angle. Yeah. Okay, so 
we're gonna have we're gonna right now we we're gonna get treated to a treat and we're gonna call this chris's corner right sure that sounds good <laughs> so uh, i have a this date in angels history for you this is coming out of a pretty cool book that was put out um, a few years back called the angels journal by john snyder it basically has a breakdown of every season with some highlights so this day, May 31st, in Angels history, trailing 5-0, the Angels score three runs in the fifth inning, two in the sixth, and one in the ninth to win 6-5 over the Twins in Minneapolis. The winning run scored on a triple by Jason Bowman? Bachman? Justin Bachman. Bachman. Second baseman. And a sacrifice from Gary DeSarcina. But here's the fun fact. The game is played with a temporary 10-foot foul pole in left field. A violent rainstorm the previous evening snapped the cable connecting the 45-foot pole normally in place to the roof, causing the pole to fall over. That's in the the old uh, Metrodome, if you remember that. Yeah, oh yeah. The baggies in in right field. Gary DeSarcina. One of my favorites growing up. I remember sending a card to his house. They used to publish a book. You probably remember, but it had yeah. all the home addresses yeah. of major league players, which is something they would oh, never, never do, do today. Yeah. But you could send out stuff, and they would, if you uh, self-addressed your uh, envelope, they would send you something back. I think I got like five Mike Piazza signatures back. DeSarcina was always uh, very kind to his fans. So, yeah, um, Justin Bachman was a guy who caught fire with the Angels for that season. Second baseman had a pretty good first half of the season, and just kind of just I think he broke his leg. And he's like a Jason Dixon kind of guy where he had one good season and then kind of fell off. Um, cool story about Justin Bachman. I don't know about you, Chris. Dan, you might be too young. I don't think you remember this, but um, the Angels would put a pre-sale on – or not a pre-sale, but when season regular season seat, like individual games would go on sale, they'd have like a big to-do at Angel Stadium that day. They'd have like uh, – people handing out free like you know merchandise just whatever and they'd have players there and justin bachman was one of the guys that was there probably it was probably 1999 and i remember waiting in line for tickets we would buy our tickets we'd buy like for like 10 games for the season and then you know we'd have our game set but uh justin bachman was one of the players there and they had an opportunity to go on the field with justin bachman take a picture in the dugout and i have a picture in my garage somewhere with justin bachman uh he signed it was a polaroid he took a Polaroid and he signed it on the spot. Justin Bachman. There's one of me and him, and there's one of him and my brother. So, Justin Bachman. That's crazy, man. That's that's a name that a lot of people don't remember. One of those few that you know something happened, but he just kind of faded. He had away. promise. He had promise. He's a short guy, second baseman, middle infielder, but uh, never caught on anywhere else. He, I don't think he played another game aside from you know playing with the Angels that season, or probably '98, '99. That was it. All right, so. Moving on from there, we answered the poll question. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on as far as angels and their stats or anything going forward before we head into you know, what we want to talk about? about um, just throw it out there. I know for all you uh, social lovers out there, he did pass Tommy Lasorda this huh? week as yes. all-time winning or with the most wins so far. Now I think he's uh, 20th on the – on the all-time list for career wins by a manager. Right. Like I said, um, just just passing. Tommy uh, Lasorda. Yep. Yeah, he passed his mentor and manager ex, with the yeah, Dodgers. Say, yeah, his ex-coach, uh, ex-manager. Ex-manager with the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, that 
That's it's crazy. Uh, no one stays with the team that long. I think no, especially now. Aside from Greg Popovich, he's the longest tenured uh, head coach of any major sports franchise. Yeah, that makes sense. He's Nineteen years. Yeah. You know, this is the last year of his contract. I don't see maybe I don't know what the Angels' plans are. It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, personally, um, I, you know, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Sosha. Do I question his decisions? Yeah, we're, we're fans. That's what we do. Um, we get frustrated when they lose and who's the person to blame, you know, it's going to be the coach. Um, I know Jason Hendricks, our good friend at the Dose Leprechauns podcast has got some heat with, uh, with Mike Sosha, but none of this. no, he doesn't, but, um, cash these hands. Right. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I think it maybe it's time for a move after the end of the season. I don't see the Angels firing him midseason like right now, I, no. and I wouldn't want that to happen. Um, at the end of the year, contracts up. I think it's going to be a, a mutual parting. If anything, I don't think whether or not it was it would be the Angels wanting to move on or social. Wanting, it would be one of those things where it's for time the P, for the PR aspect of it. They're going to say we, they mutually part away so you're not going to know who decided not to come back yeah you're not going to know if the angels didn't want him or you're not gonna say if you're not gonna know so should was tired of the angels right uh, my whole thing is at least from the fans point of view you have one or two ways is either social is terrible he doesn't always doing blah 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 or the team's awful and it's or, or he has so much talent well which one is it this team's awful or they have so much talent because if, if they have so much talent everyone's bitching and complaining after a game this team is awful this team doesn't can't play blah 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 like to me it's 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 a no-win situation with with Sosha um you know he's managers manage they don't coach so when people are saying well why is he not doing this or why isn't he pulling the ball here or, or, or going the other way well that's not his call that's on the that's on the, the hitting coach and the pitching coach the hitting coach all those coaches and you've seen it year in year out there they have been shuffling those those kind of those second tier coaches to try to figure out what best fits the angels and, and their roster. Um, so again, blaming all that on, on social, I know it's the easy, easy target, but I think it's also the lazy target. Um, you know, it's not his fault that they miss their the pitchers, miss their targets. I mean, if you want to go back and say, you know, I don't even think social calls the pitches. I mean, it may be defensive alignments and stuff like that, but as far as pitch by pitch, I don't think he calls it. And if he does, and they give up a home run, go back and see, was did he want it low and away, and it came up high because the pitcher missed? That's not on Socha. That's not on any of the coaches. That's just on a miss on a player. I mean, at the end of the day, any sport, you know, high school coaching means a lot. College, it means a lot. When you get to the professionals, it doesn't mean as much. It's more these guys are kind of – they do their own thing now. It's about managing them, managing their personality, managing, you know – their ups and downs. So, again, I think a lot of people just go after social because it's the easy, lazy thing to do. I think a lot, a lot's to be said too about the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the the team philosophy. Um, I don't know if social's philosophy works anymore, but again, I'll go back to what you said. You can't blame him for what he has. I mean, he he works with what he's got. Right. And back in the day, his philosophy was get on base, move him over, run him. Sean Figgins, right. first to third, stuff like that. Um, we're not that team anymore. If you think about it, aside from Mike Trout, you know, well, no one's that team. I mean, b- yeah. I mean, stolen bases in general, down the last, it's not the I game. mean, you can see, you can see a, a steady decline in the major league totals for the last five to six years. I mean, if there was a flow chart, 
it'd be down, down, down. And it's not just the angels, it's everybody. Everybody, baseball in general. But a lot is a lot is said about philosophy and the message, and maybe his message ha- it just doesn't get across anymore. Maybe it doesn't pump up the guys anymore. I, see, I can't that, say but, that but though. That, see, that's that's what I don't get. Well, well, it doesn't it doesn't reach those guys anymore. A lot of those guys have only been around there for two years, so it's not right. like I mean, besides Trout, that's been there his whole career. Who's the longest tenured angel right now? Well, I think. Well, I think I'm. I'm. I'm talking more about just like when you when you go to the Yankees, you already know who the Yankees are, what they're going to do. The Angels don't have that kind of like history. History, right? They don't have that kind of like this is the kind of team that we're we're going to go into playing with. So, I, I think it's just really. I think maybe it is just time for a change, and it, I'm not going to blame it on just that he's whole terrible and oh, he's been the best manager in Angel history. I think 19 years is a long time to be with a team and. Maybe a new influence, a new different type of philosophy, a guy who's maybe more vocal in the locker room. Maybe this team is a team that needs a guy who's more uh, in your face. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's just that's what they you thought just about never the, know. That's what they thought about the Red Sox. The one year they hired, um, what's his name? And he was out the very next year. The um, <laughs> Yeah. Bobby Valentine. Oh, they need some fire because of the uh, yeah. fried chicken and beer. They're too laid back. They're too this. Dude comes in, you know hell and brimstone, and the next thing you know, pff, he's out the next year because, oh, we don't want that. Yeah. All it is is – you know, will you rather have the evil you know, the evil you don't? And that's the biggest thing, with, especially with any kind of – You never know. Yeah, with the coaching changes in any sport, it, it, you want to take a risk, and that's great, or else you can be searching for the next manager for the next yeah. 10 years and be a constant rotation because right. you don't know what's going to fit. That. My, point, my point in all this is you just – you have no idea. You, yeah. I, I, but you're not you're never going to know unless you try. So that's the other thing. That's the other end of it. You either keep social because you know what he can give you or – and then not kind of take the chance on somebody else, or you take the chance on somebody else and risk. It's just you just never know, you know. So it's it's a t- it's a tough one. It's a it's a tough one. Uh, all right, so let's get into our uh, email questions for the week. We we didn't have too too many. I think that has to do with the play Angels play. Yeah, people seem to be email more when they're on a winning streak than when they do. I mean, you don't want to talk about. Yeah, you don't want to talk about, you know, the struggles and stuff like that. You'd rather be like, hey, guys, what do you think of uh, all these home runs and whatnot? Uh, first uh, email came from Jason Kemp, a regular listener. Uh, this was uh, about two days ago. Wow, so the struggles continue, huh? Let's keep our fingers crossed for, to just finishing at 500 for the month of May. When this team struggles, it struggles. And, yeah, we talked about it. It's it's offensively. You either you're hot or cold. You get uh, – what's the uh, Dr. Jekyll and Miss Hyde thing? Yep. You know, Dr. Uh, I'm with you, Jason. That's that's what it is. Another one comes from Lamar. This was also two days ago. He's oh, he says, hello there, fellas. Are you guys surprised at all with Nick Tropiano coming into the season? He was a dark horse in the rotation. Can we call him the shoemaker of 2018 or is that too early? What do you think, Daniel? No, I mean, that's a good comparison. Just the fact that you didn't know what you would expect from him at that time. Um, The shoemaker of, you know, this year. I mean, that's it's still kind of early to see. Um, whether or not he is, if he stays healthy, I think the big thing with him is if he stays healthy and he's able to make his starts every time his his numbers called, that would be a huge thing for not only him coming back from Tommy Johnson, but for just for the Angels to have a consistent pitcher out there. Trope has been definitely better in these last like maybe three to four starts, and uh, I love his command on the mound. I always liked him from the minute he came over before he got hurt. I just liked his mound presence so. He's a guy that can definitely be that shoemaker guy. I think it is too early to compare him yeah, right I mean, now. Sixteen wins wouldn't be out of, and that's no. what shoemaker did in two thousand fourteen. Sixteen and four. Yeah, so I mean, it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility for him to hit that. Um, but then again, too, sixteen and four for any pitcher is a really good oh, year. Man. So um, 
Hopefully, hopefully, especially for Shoemaker that year, and it, it would be great for uh, Tropiano. As right, well. any pitcher will, t- will take yeah. that. I guarantee it. So, hopefully, we have a couple guys that are sixteen and four, and, and oh, they, tr- they turn around the season. But yeah, he's definitely one of the likelihoods for you know being that Shoemaker type coming out of nowhere. The next email comes from our good friend Duncan Healy from Dead Horse, Alaska. He uh, he's the one he's the one guy that gives us that. Uh, what do you what is it when you when you look up your statistics, your uh, demographic was it demographics oh. or no? Yeah, that one little spot in Dead Horse Alaska up there that we see that little yellow spot in the corner of our screen. It comes from Duncan Healy in Dead Horse Alaska. He said good offense yesterday, so he's talking about Tuesday. But it seems like this is what has been happening with the Halos. They explode for a game and they go cold for maybe two or three. I don't know. I could just be critical, but it just seems to be that way. Yeah, that's not being critical. It's it, it is what it is. It proof is in the pudding. We just talked about it right now in the weekend review and the month in review. One game where they score eleven runs, one, two, three games where they score one run. You know, it, it that's you're one hundred percent right. He also said if Valbuena can produce a pop and maybe not maybe not two home runs a game, but good left handed pop in the middle of that lineup, this team can be very very scary. Keep up the awesome podcast, guys. Yeah, I mean, Luis, uh, Luis needs to be that guy. Maybe, you know, he, he needs to hit better than 199, what he did last year. But he's doing – he's actually uh, a little bit better of a hitter this year. I don't think he had four home runs until, like, June last year because he was hurt for the first month. He's got six already. So in his time that he's been playing, he's been producing somewhat. But he, he went on a, on a really cold streak where he's over 21, broke out of it that night. Um, I like to see Luis – make just more solid contact, more right. up the middle kind of stuff and not really look to pull the ball as much. If you can bat 250 and prop 20 home runs like you did last year, I'm taking that all day. Yeah, I mean, he's already at 241. That's, which so is, six you know, home runs, eight, 18 RBIs. But again, he's a part-time player right now. Yeah. He's platooning. Two to three days I, a week. And kind of like I said earlier is that if we can get those guys like a Valbuena, like a Marte, like a Maldonado, those guys produce consistently. And again, we're not look, they're not looking for big – um, home run numbers, but if they're there, they're great. But it's just able to get on base and move guys over, productive outs, just, you know, that will help the Angels a lot, not rely on Trout to be and Upton to be the big home run guys. And yeah. Simmons is the guy to get on base. Now, these guys behind them, Valbuena and Marte and Maldonado, Calhoun, have to, are able to hit them, hit them in. Yeah, and driving and runs. Produce runs. Bottom yeah. of the lineup. Yeah. Next email comes from Jamie Reyes, or Jaime Reyes. Should the Angels sign Hammy? I think he's a better option than Marte, who's slumping. What do you guys think? I'll, I'll say a hard no on that one. No, um, no. Not only because I don't like the guy, uh, but I think I don't think he would want to come to the Angels and play part time. Yeah, if he because he, he's going to be a part time guy. Be a part time player because, off truthfully, he's a DH. They, he yeah. can he can first play base. first and second, first Sketchy. and third, but his defense is 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 nowhere near. Um, Valbuena's or Marte or even, no. even Pujols is at this point for first base. So he would strictly be a DH. And so you're not taking at-bats away from Otani at DH, and you're definitely not taking at-bats away from from Pujols. Um, Sosha is like if you're on the bench, you have to be a multi-use kind of guy. You have yeah. to be able to play more than one position. Yeah. And Marte, Valbuena um, show that. I mean, shoot, the whole – Infield, Cozart, Cozart plays, plays more than one position. Valbuena, like we said, Valbuena, Marte, they play more than one position. Um, the only ones that don't really play more than one position is Simmons and and Pujols. And, and I even think Simmons could if you need, yeah, but why? If, yeah, if Simmons needed. You could put him at third. Yeah, if push comes to shove, yeah, he, he could. Like, <laughs> but why? But yeah. why, yeah, don't. 
Well, so. the thing with Hanley is, if you're going to sign Hanley, then why'd you trade Crone? Exactly. I mean, uh-huh. Hanley's having an okay year. I mean, he he before he got released, he was batting two fifty four, six home runs, twenty nine RBIs. Um, yeah, Marte is slumping, but again, he also has a, almost a hundred less at bats than Marte does, or um, sorry, Hanley does. So, um, if you look at their numbers That's side hard. to side, it, it's hard. it's not it's not a fair comparison at it's all. Not. So it's not. Um, Hanley is just going to be out there, and you know, if a team needs a DH due to because of injury, or whatever, he'll probably sign with that team. But I don't think I, I don't know what kind of clubhouse guy he is. I don't know either. I mean, back when they had the David Ortiz and all that, he was great because he he was wow. like Ortiz is like left hand guy, right. right hand man. So, but as far as other than that, I don't know if he's a Manny kind of yeah, distraction without the Manny kind of numbers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he's a guy that at one point had great power, great offensive numbers, now struggles, and he doesn't really play a defensive position. And and the thing with Hanley, like I just mentioned before, is like he's a name. Like he's a, a name. You're Hanley Ramirez. You're like, oh, yeah, Hanley Ramirez. At this point, you're just getting him for the name or are you getting him for his stats because it's not that – He's it's not that much better than Luis Babuena. Right. Think about it. He's Look not, at the numbers. Yeah. He's, I mean, yeah, they're so almost why? almost identical to Babuena's right. batting average is um, just a little but bit lower. But how many but more yeah. at-bats did he have than Luis? Luis doesn't get that many at-bats. Yeah, about 30 less, yeah. There you go. So I don't see why. He, I don't think he would want to come over. He'd want yeah, to, he'd he would want have to, he would have to he take to a, a, not only a serious pay cut but also a serious uh, diminished role as a team in general as right. far as – playing what time he's and, do. and what positions and all that stuff right. he, he would do. Did you have that other question? Yeah, we had a question, another question, and um, it's from uh, Instagram, from the Halo Haven Instagram. But um, the question was, which prospects are the most promising to you? Mm. I am personally excited for Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh. This wow. is from News Around the Halo on Instagram. Hey, News Around the Halo. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to listen to the Brandon Marsh interview. And next week, we have the Joe Adele interview. Yeah. And those are two guys that we are very excited about. Um, the other one I'm pretty excited about is Torrey Hunter Jr. Um, Torrey Hunter Jr. He's, I think, maybe he's up there with the top prospects in the Angels organization. Um, he's one guy definitely that, that on the offensive side, who I'm aside from Jemai Jones and Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh, that I'm excited to see. And obviously Griffin Kenny. I want to see that's, his progression. That's who Do I they? would pick just because of the fact um, – He's probably the most likely to be um, relevant in an Angels uniform. Within you know, the next year or two. Within the next year or two where, you know, Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, uh, Jemai Jones. About three years away. Yeah, I would say three three to four depending on uh, need and their development. They're but, 19, by the way. Yeah, they're, they're 19 and 20 years old. But yeah. I think Griffin Canning, you know, he played at UCLA. So he played big time baseball already in college. He's working his way up through the system. I mean, he's flying through. Yeah, um, pitching well and doing pitching it. well and doing it. So I think for me, it would be him just because I think he'll be the one that affects the team uh, quick quicker than the ones that, that you already named. I mean, and granted, um, they can have a great career and everything like that, too. But I just think with the way that that, he, that Griffin Canning is going, I think um, he's probably will be on the the major league roster before you know it. And to me, that's more, that's, that's the most exciting part of it. Yeah, for sure. So he's the kind of guy that can make an impact on the pitching staff and great arm. I've seen him pitch live that one time and it was, it was great. And he just continues. He's been involved in two no hitters. Yes. Already. Yes. So two um, no hitters. Yep. And he's got a funky delivery somewhat kind of hides the ball. Well, has sneaky fast velocity and uh, he's got a great, from what I saw, he had a great breaking ball. So, 
All right, so that does it for all that stuff. Let's get into Saturday. The Angels are in town against Texas. Uh, we will have our Halo Haven tailgate live under the Big A with the appearance of the rally bus. Um, we will be there roughly around what time, guys? What time? What time? Uh, whenever the bus shows up. 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. So roughly around 2 o'clock we'll be there. We'll set up. Uh, we have some swag that we want to be able to give you guys. But in order for you guys to pick up that swag, we have a little something, something we want you guys to do. We want you guys to physically show us that you follow the All Angels podcast on uh, iTunes podcast or on Google Play. So subscribe. Show us that you subscribe. And we will give you a raffle ticket uh, to, you know, that we will place into a little raffle. What do you call it? A, little a hopper. hopper. And, uh, you know, you write your name in it, and then you have your chance of winning anything from Halo Haven buttons, uh, Albert Pujols 3000 hit buttons, to some vinyl art pieces, maybe a bobblehead here or there, whatever we can, whatever swag that we have lying around, uh, you have your chance to win. Um, Chris, you mentioned that they don't have to be present, that we'll kind of tag them if they win, right? We'll tag you if you win, but make it an effort to come out and say what's up to us, man. We have photo ops, we'll have the photo... Uh, backdrop for you guys to take pictures and all that stuff anything else on that no but yeah come out two o'clock we'll be out there set up underneath the a um, or at least as close as possible to the a as we can um, but yeah look for the easy up look for the bus look for the flags it's pretty easy to, to spot us yeah let's just put this into perspective folks uh out of all my years of being an angels fan and i say john would attest to this and daniel i don't think there's ever been a fan site we're gonna brag a little bit but there's never been a fan site that has a angels themed vehicle also a podcast that goes along with that and also free swag for the fans that's who we do it for and that's who we will always do it for and it will always be free so we do it for you guys we want to meet you guys in person and um and and just want to actually you know see you under the a <laughs> yeah definitely 100 percent right i mean um we don't we don't have anything else i mean like we don't have anything else you know we're doing it for obviously we have our sponsors that, that help us, um, you know, with the podcast and get us our equipment and stuff like that. But that's just us putting what they give us towards you guys. You know, it's not us kind of pocketing stuff or whatever, you know. Um, it's it's just to see you guys happy and it makes us happy. And, and man, um, I can attest. You all can attest to this, man. We've met. We've been friends because of this. So and it's awesome, man. And then so why not you guys come out and we can all be friends. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, maybe it's a little biggie, but I don't mean it in that way, right? <laughs> but no, one one big halo, uh, one big one big halo for us to fit under, right? So, um, but that's gonna wrap it up, I guess. If you guys, do uh, you have anything else, Daniel? You yeah, want to touch just, on? Yeah, um, just to get in contact with us again. The email address is the All Angels Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, again, All Angels Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, want to reach out to us on social media. It is Halo underscore Haven on both Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and also, too, what we, what we put together is on our website, thehalohaven.com. All our previous interviews, whether it's um, the Brandon Marsh, the Marcel Latchman, the Griffin Canning, Jemiah Jones, all our interviews we've done on the podcast, we put on there. Um, so you can go back, listen, um, you know, share with you know, a friend of yours or what buddy from work. But um, definitely check that out. Again, it's thehalohaven.com. And then, you know, there's a little bit of bios on all of us, little um, blog entries from John and myself. 
um, pictures of the rally bus, upcoming events. We will be on this a little bit more now um, that there's three of us kind of split the duties up. But, yeah, definitely check out thehalohaven.com. And, um, again, uh, emails, questions, comments, um, all angels podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review, and um, leave us uh, leave us a review and uh, you know, five star review. review and and leave a comment. But yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, that, that's everything. Real quick, uh, I had a person hit me up on my Instagram, guys. Uh, God, I wish I remembered his name. Um, he asked about the the, the fan spotlight. Uh-oh. Yeah, that may, that might be making a comeback. Um, so uh, maybe that's something that we can get into. Uh, on the website, because we'll put uh, our heads together and, and see out. what we can do about that. But um, we'll we'll try. We'll we'll see what we can do about that. Um, the ones that are up there are from a few years back. So right. I guess the question was, are we are we doing it, and why hasn't it been done? But it's just it's kind of just. I mean, I can't answer the why it hasn't been done, but I'll say that I'm passing the word along now, so we can we can see what we can do about that, right? <laughs> but. Other than that, man, that, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us, man. Fo- follow us on all the social media sites and whatnot. And uh, give us a five-star review. Follow us on uh, uh, iTunes podcast and on Google Play. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. You guys have a great one. We'll, I'm Johnny Mangs. I'm Dan Garcia. And you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.